right. Is that like a diet cookie or something? It doesn't look like something that would be. I'm going to assume yes. <laughs> it looks. Oh, like... did you get it out there? Oh, okay. No, it just looks. Does it look like a diet cookie? Maybe not. I oh, don't know. Looks like a cookie. Oh, maybe taste it's like one. Okay, maybe it's okay then. Very chocolatey. Never mind. <laughs> Very no, if there are ones out there, I don't think they were. No, it just it looked too thin. Oh. And my the reason I ask is because my wife sent me a, a little. She sent me like. a a single bratwurst, a piece of cheese, and a little bag of fake cookies. And I had never had any before. And I'm like, who wants these? I don't want these. But then I had one. I'm like, wow, they're pretty good. And you could have like five of them or something and only have one carb. And I'm like, wow, these are actually pretty good. There was only like seven in the bag or something like that. And I think it's seven. She gave me exactly one carb's worth. I was like, wow, this is cool. They're just little things, but they were so weird. Your wife packs your lunch? She normally does not. She <laughs> normally just, I, in fact, I tell her. Mine you, will do that on occasion. Right. Yours doesn't? Yeah. No, I work in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, who brings food to a restaurant? That's fair. That's fair. Well, normally I've been I had been drinking all summer like broth, and she was giving me that, and I I and then I kind of went off of it. So like it's kind of random. So she'll pack me a lunch once in a while, and I never know what's in it. I kind of just like okay, so I take it and I open it up, and it's kind of like one day there'll be way more than I could eat, the next day I'm hungry and there's nothing, and so I like it's kind of a I just never know what to expect, but I don't have to do it. So. Wait, something is done on me your, your wife packs your lunch and you work at home <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand <laughs> well it's usually about uh being supportive of trying to reduce calorie counts and stuff uh, like that so. so eat this don't root through the fridge exactly gotcha so she's actually saving him that exercise yeah. he would have got to get up ah uh, and well it's not that something. it's 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 more about I'm lack kidding. of will and and self-control so well right it creates this environment where okay i can at least just focus on this and go it's one one less thing, one less source of temptation is what it is. Yeah. What she could do is padlock the refrigerator, pack your lunch, and hide it somewhere in the backyard, and you, you gotta go on a scavenger I don't, hunt. I don't think <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna come home. Why are the hinges off that side? I I don't remember that. Oh, it's a hinge problem. I it just fell apart. Oh, Sorry, I'm late today, guys. I uh, I had to work until about five thirty. Oh no, I didn't even know what time it was. Yeah, so we're running behind. Well, let's roll. Let's roll. You are listening to For the Love of God Pod. For the Love of God Podcast. Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. For the love of God! Oh, hello. I almost forgot to say hi. I kind of got, um, I was distracted. You were mesmerized by that uh, little intro, weren't you? Yeah. And that's what the topic is today, gentlemen. Distractions and how many distractions there are. So we're going to discuss that later. Um, so welcome back. Uh, folks, this is Jason for the Love of God podcast. And I am here, of course, with Pastor Rick Rieger and Nathan Jewell. Gentlemen, how's it going? It is going well. Swimmingly. It's- it's swimming one swimmingly. Uh, well, I didn't come up with anything so cool, but it is cool outside. Yeah. And I'm enjoying the fall. I got fall to wear my new flannel here. today. I see that. It's a birthday present. Ooh, looks very nice. Looks very nice. It was very big. I, she got in the big and tall store. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I said, we need to shrink this thing. Well, so you she know. shrunk it down a little bit. It's better. Yeah, fine. So just like high heat. I guess. 
I don't do the laundry. I got you. I got you. And you are giving me crap about my wife making lunches for me occasionally? <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I mean, I flop it <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Today I started it. I did a fluff on it. <laughs> I said, honey, the dryer's fluffing. Yeah, my wife and I have a very, I guess, stereotypical, you know, family from the 70s. She does the, you know, cleaning. Actually, that's not really true. She does the laundry and I do the lawn mowing. You know, that's like the main yeah. work. She does the stuff at the stove. I do all the grilling. Right. You know, fire. You know, that sort of thing. Um, but I do the clean. We, we each clean. We do probably have the cleaning. Right. And that's just because I'm a freak. I like to clean. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I clean up after myself. After every mess. So that's, but I, yeah, yeah. You're going to say, what were you going to say? Well, I mean, like there's other cleaning and he's done like dusting and windows and yeah. Vacuuming. Yeah. Now I do those things, but you know, I, I thought maybe you were saying I tend to, when I make a mess, I let that be an opportunity to clean the entire area. Right. Like for example, when I go into the bathroom, I'll make, you know, I'll make a mess at the sink or whatever. Well, I will take that opportunity to quickly while I'm, I mean, I do this in the morning, you know, while I'm getting ready, I will clean the sink. I will clean the mirror. I'll quickly clean the toilet. I'll just do a quick, and then the next day I might do like other things in the bathroom. So like I'm always in a constant state of cleaning ah. so it never really gets totally out of whack do you clean nathan yeah yeah mm-hmm. there's not really a, a set chore list in our house um when it's cleaning time we both just get started and my wife is very big on just if you see it take care of it right and so i've kind of gotten myself into a habit of trying to look which was never really my strong suit yeah so uh, i'm getting better at it but yeah it is what it is plus we have a roommate so we occasionally have somebody who helps with dishes ah yeah you do have a roommate um so how many times, I mean, how I can't tell you how many times the trash bag would be in front of the door and I walk right past it. <laughs> it's like, That's a man thing. We just don't, we, we just don't, don't see it unless we're looking for it. If I don't trip over it, even if I do. Does your wife pack it up and put it by the door? No. Because see, my wife actually does that. She will literally <laughs> take the bag out, put a new bag in and then set it by the door. And I'm like, why don't you just my bags and it? put it by the door? <laughs> why don't you just walk it out? Well, somebody will be going out. Okay, fine. Right. No, for Aaron and I, we we kind of go back and forth. Uh, one one whoever cooks, the other person does the dishes usually. Um, cleaning up living rooms, bathrooms, that kind of thing. It just kind of goes back and forth. It just depends on who's doing what at the time and who, wh- where we are in our cleaning rotation, so to speak. See, now I'm feeling bad because I just realized I, n- I not only don't ever do the laundry, I mean, like, almost never. I never load the dishwasher or get it out. I never do any of the dishes, ever. Mm. So, uh, yeah. But I guess she never really washes the cars and she never really mows the lawn. Yeah, I mean. So I guess we probably have a good it, divide. It, I'm kind. sure Good balance. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. I have to go think about that now. I mean, now you can I might be using. I might be abusing my wife, or be, you might be abusing yourself. <laughs> Maybe I might find out. You that. should switch. Do you do the dishes? She'll wash the cars. <laughs> Actually, I prefer the cars because that gives me exercise, and I I'm sorely in need of that after riding the desk all day. That's true. So yeah, I don't. I I can't. I can't get mowing the lawn and washing my cars. I, I need that exercise. It's like my only exercise of the week. Yeah. Well, I used to mow the lawn. Now I don't have a lawn. And <laughs> <laughs> somebody stole your lawn. I've heard of that happening. Well, I saw it repossessed in a movie once. Fun with Dick and Jane. Yes. They repossessed the lawn. I don't know if it's. Well, then he stole lawn in a little piece at a time. <laughs> what a funny movie. So, 
I mean, wow, we got way out in the weeds. I, mean, I know. Like, I like it. I like it. All right. Well, you so, can reel us back. Do you have here. any news? I do. All right. Let's roll. Okay. So, my friends, if you're ever thinking that businesses will look out for you and protect you, you are sorely mistaken. So uh, we recently found out that Apple took down a Bible app at the request of China. So they also took down, uh, to, to be fair. A Bible app. A Bible app. Wow. They also took down a Quran, a Quran op, app as well. But essentially, uh, Apple, when asked about it, was directing people back to the Chinese uh, officials for their uh, cybersecurity department or something like that. But uh, as, as you know, communists see, see God as, uh, as government. Uh, that is their God. And any God that competes with that God is, must be squelched. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, if Christianity and Islam were to ever join forces, it would probably be over an over overreaching or over overreaching government oppression. So it, it's just interesting to me to see that this is happening because we try to take advantage of, of technology today and we come to be dependent on it. But the reality is it could go away at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even here in America, you could you could suddenly find one day your Bible app no longer works. Here just recently, there was an app called Parlor that was taken down. And was no longer allowed to be shared over over really rumors, and you could tell it was really business driven, trying to x out a competitor, and, and and that was actually kind of growing too big for its britches. But we've gotten away from keeping these texts handy, mm-hmm. and that that could come back to bite us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the reason Parler was taken out is because Parler Parler was okay back. Before, during the election time, um, anybody that was pro-Trump or, or anti-Democrat was kicked off of Twitter, including myself. And uh, Parler came to counter that mm-hmm. for a place for Republicans and, and Christians and, and good, decent human beings to conversate about what's really going on around here. And conversate. So, is that a word? Can we use that? Is that a conversation? He just did. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put that in my repertoire now. Thank you. You're welcome. New word. Yeah. I love new words. I didn't know it was new. Continue on. We'll go with it. I, I think, think it's for him, but that's okay. <laughs> it's new for me. <laughs> I said another word in a few episodes ago that y'all never heard of, but we looked it up and I was, I was correct. So oh, conversate yeah. may be in the dictionary. It probably is. I, I probably just know. <laughs> um, <laughs> And now I've heavily distracted him. Now, but this I is about distraction. Up. So yeah. yeah, and so I don't even know what I was talking about. Well, I can kind of go back to the story. Yeah. So when when Apple was was reached for uh, comment, they did not immediately respond. But essentially, they have been telling people that occasionally they you have to understand that that businesses will always put their own interests ahead of yours that's just how they work and this one here basically said that we may not agree with the laws of where we have our apps at but we have to obey them and really that's that's really a cowardly response you either believe in these things of like free speech and freedom of religion mm-hmm. or you don't and it's very clear by this action that they don't they believe in the power of profit but that's essentially one of the shortcomings of business and just be aware of that. Right on. Um, <laughs> conversate apparently is a word. For the record, <laughs> dictionary.com says conversate, 
Darn it. I thought I learned a new word. Well, I kind of did, but I, I mean a good made-up word. Engaging conversation. Sometimes it's nice to be able to sit and conversate. Conversate. I would have not. Uh, yeah. Not I my, thought, it, I, you know, I, I would have called, if I if I said that, <laughs> which I would, I would call it a rickism and assume I was just making it up. Maybe a lot of my words are real. I, they I, might I never be. look them up. That's I don't the either. You know, you know, it's I just Sunday. go with the flow, man. On Sunday, I come up with a lot of really strange words, <laughs> and people will look at me funny, and then I'll think, ah, oh, that's a rickism. You know, I just made that up, and I use it because I can, right? Right. But I should probably look them up because apparently I'm wrong. For now, it's free country. We can make there any words go. we want. I mean, for whoever, ma- <laughs> whoever made all the words in the dictionary made them up, too. So, Good point. Why, why can't we? There you go. I'm into it. So, so the moral of the story is what? <laughs> well, I'm curious. Is it just banned in China? Well, it's specifically in China okay. where they took it down. Yeah. But that's that technology and the ability to, to take it down is something we've seen even here in America mm-hmm. all la parlor. Well, we can probably see that happening because I was watching some news today myself. And uh, I mean, China's whole mission is to destroy America. But the thing is, is you have to understand they're smart. Oh, they won't be able to get fired. They're, they're, they will do it without firing a shot. That's right. They're doing it now. Mm-hmm. And Biden signed up for it. That's They have very deep pockets. Mm-hmm. And they are not afraid to use our own political system against us. Yeah. That's right. And play the long game. Mm-hmm. Well, so mm-hmm. the moral, I think, of this story is that uh, if you're relying on technology, have a backup. Maybe not to the extent of the book of Eli, uh, memorizing the entire Bible uh, word, word for word, but I would have a paper backup just in case Yeah, to make sure that, uh, you know, that you got the word of God handy. That's right. Anyway, it's time for a game. I just never get tired <laughs> hearing that. <laughs> All right, we're going to spin this wheel here. Yeah, my my wheel sound effects hasn't hasn't been on the last few few episodes, but uh, whatever. We're spinning, spin, have spin. You, have you fixed it? No. Oh, I I've been so busy. I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. They don't need to hear clickety click, clickety click, 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 click. And the game is true or false. True or false. I'm going to say true, false, true, true, false, true, false. All right, let's see how that works out for you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's start to my left. True or false. Uh, The meaning of Sabbath is rest. See, I know that there is a Sabbath rest. Obviously, I know what the Sabbath is. I also know it's about. Or was. Well, (laughs) what it's about, the idea. But I don't know for sure if if that's what it is. But I'm going to say true. True. All right. I was was really overthinking that. I thought, okay, is it something about focusing on God as well? Yeah. Because they call it Sabbath rest sometimes. So, therefore, that's redundant. They have rest. Anyway. Nathan, the shortest verse has only two words, true or false. False. True. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. That's right. Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. Rick, when David ordered an armory headcount, it took Joab over nine months to do it. True. True. Samuel, second sure. Samuel 24, 8. So when they had gone back and forth through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of the nine months and 20 days. There you go. Cool. Nathan. I gotta say, I'm mm-hmm. not really happy with Joab's like uh, productivity levels. <laughs> <laughs> 
I also just want to say I'm not happy with my plan because I was supposed to go true-false, and I just did double-true, so it was off. It was wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Jericho's loot went into the Lord's treasury, but I's loot was for the people. But I's? A-I-S. A-I-S. A-I apostrophe S. Oh, so it's the city of I. Okay. Um. Well, I got a 50-50 shot, right? Let's go true. True. You shall do I in her king as you did to Jericho in her king, except you shall take its goods and its livestock for yourself. Joshua 8, 2. Rick, the first sin was committed in a garden. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> they all seem to be true today. Adam and Eve committed the first sin by eating the fruit from the forbidden tree in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3, 6. Are you? Oh, <laughs> keep I was track. trying to keep track. Thought you went monk on me. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, Nope. There were such countries as Ur and Uz. True or false? True. True. Job. Uh, job. Job <laughs> lived in the land of Uz and Abram, Abram came from Ur. And yep. Noah. They're both from the Middle East. Okay, there's three, three. Rick Noah named the ark a new hope. True or false? I thought that was one of the starships it, on Star it was, Wars. Uh, it was a Star Wars movie, yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't recall. That, that. don't sound right. I'm going to say false. False is correct. Noah did no such thing. <laughs> okay. I'm like, well, I don't even recall that, but that's just, they pulled that out of Noah. In Genesis 6, 14 through 22, might tell you what he named it. Probably the ark. And last question. And you're 4, 3. 4, 3. So you can tie it up here. Well, I kind of want to know what verse that was. Like Genesis, like what? what's the reference? 16 point? through 22. Is that what I said? Jennifer. or Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer 16, 20. I'm not familiar with that book of the Bible. All right. Genesis, you said 16? I think I said 16 through 22. Of what chapter? Oh, six. I don't know. Maybe it's Genesis 16. Six. Freak. I don't have no idea. Is uh, Jennifer, is that in like the Catholic Bible or something? I know they've got a, they've got their own version that has like the Maccabees and all that in it. So I, I wasn't sure if Jennifer was one of them as well, but not a common <sighs> biblical name, Jennifer. I don't know that he actually named it. Yeah, I don't I, I can't recall a name. Mm. So they didn't I christen may. it, they didn't break a bottle of champagne over its bow or whatever. I don't think so. <laughs> Clay pot of champagne. All right, let's move on. I'm sorry. I kind of derailed us there. I'll probably mispronounce it. All right, this. last question. Elisha mm -hmm. was a hairy man. <laughs> <laughs> Elisha? Uh-huh. Spell that just to make sure. E-L-I-S-H-A. Elisha. All right. All right. Good. Um, I said Elisha before. <laughs> I know. I know that John the Baptist was. Barry. Yeah. He's a caveman. Oh. Yeah. But Elisha? <laughs> and he wore hair. Yes. Um, let's say no. You're going to say no? Yeah, because all my other answers have been true, I think. You are correct. Nice. We are tied. Four to four. Tiebreaker time. <laughs> ah! First one, the answer. In one of Jesus' parables, the kingdom of God was compared to an apple seed. False. Correct. <laughs> the kingdom of God was compared to a mustard, mustard seed. seed. Not an apple seed. Luke 13, 18 through 19. Okay, that All was right. fun. Uh, if you check out the book of Second Opinions, it is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I just I didn't get any clapping here. Can I'm, I have I'm, some clapping? I'm working on it. Ah, oh, there we go. Rick's the winner. Now I feel better. All right. So, topic time: distractions. Well. As we all know, the world is full of distractions. And did the devil set out to do these things? To create television, to create cell phones, to create... People. People. <laughs> People can be distractions. Sure, but he didn't create them. That's true. Um, to distract us or entertain us, or is it... Pets. Do we get both out of that? 
I believe it definitely was a plan uh, to keep us out of the word. However, these distractions, such as television and cell phones, technology in general, uh, helps us to t- tell people about about Jesus. It gives us Bible apps to read, but I would say ninety percent of it is a distraction, not a help. I, you know, I think it's uh, it has a lot to do with how much control we have and how much we limit ourselves or allow ourselves to be a part of it. I mean, if you would go back, I I don't know this to be true. Um, Nate, you're a history guy. Maybe you know this, but um, if you went back even to Jesus's time, I imagine that they had various forms of entertainment. Like, for example, they didn't have TV, but I'm I'm sure they had little plays and, you know, skits. Well, they they did have like, they had like a, public shows and right. things like that. And they, it would right. be equivalent of a movie today. You could right. It'd be like a play a or a play. theater. Yeah. Or, well, they also had chariots of games. Or, yeah. Is that what yeah. they called it? Yeah. They had yeah. games. Uh, yeah. Like I just sports. think that uh, what we've done is we've made it, you know, with technology, we've made all of this stuff so assess- accessible and we, we have access to it all the time. That's the problem. And so we either have to a learn to have some t- self-control and discipline or, you know, we need to learn to turn it off. Yes. And I think it really comes down to discipline. Right. And for yourself, plus parents disciplining, setting boundaries for their children is a better word for it. Right. Right. Because kids don't want to do that necessarily. And the problem problem with the kids is that parents often use technology as babysitters. Exactly. And it's not a good substitute. No, it's not. And what you get out of it is you, you get children that have no values. They have no good teaching from their parents with more experience and more knowledge than they do that can pass that along. And they grow up and they get older and they go through life and they can't handle situations. We were talking about this earlier. Right. How back in the day, like when we were children in the in the 70s, I mean, there were some kids with ADHD well, and ADD. These guys were children in the 70s. <laughs> I, 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 I was one of them with ADD, ADHD. HD, probably this latter. Um, and we didn't even know what it was. It wasn't even a thing. There was no medication for it. There was no word for it. It was just, I talked a lot. I couldn't hold still. I was always told to shut up. <laughs> um, and I got questions like, do you just like to hear your own voice? <laughs> so I learned on my own to, to handle it, to deal with it, to restrain myself, to not talk so much and right. to sit still. I had to... I had to do these things on my own because I kept getting in trouble. And if I didn't want to get in trouble anymore, right. I had to change my actions. Right. And it didn't know medication wasn't even a possibility. So I, I just did it on my own and it worked. But um, every once in a while I, I have a, I have a episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and the, the, the fact is, is now I think that um, one of the reasons why we have all of these issues with things like ADHD, and I, I would open it up to depression, anxiety, things like that, is that we have created a society of people who are so into entertainment and getting lost in entertainment, getting lost in games, getting lost in 
virtual reality, so to speak, that mm-hmm. they don't deal with issues well. Right. And so, you know, everybody has depression to some degree. Everybody has anxieties. Everybody has a little ADD once in a while. It becomes clinical when we don't, when we lose the ability to deal with it. And I'm certainly oversimplifying it. I realize, you know, and I have, a, you know, I have a degree in counseling. I realize that sometimes there are medical situations. I realize that there's a lot of different factors, but I also will say that even with that education, I still think there's a lot of stuff that we as a society could be avoiding. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, there's just so the, the numbers of people with clinical depression, with clinical anxiety problems, with clinical ADD problems, with all these issues. A lot of it is because kids just, um, they're not dealing with reality. They're just getting lost in entertainment. And then all of a sudden an issue comes up and they can't handle it. Right. And the entertainment they're seeing, I mean, they're watching a lot of kids on television you know they're they're same age that have everything they they, they're doing things that they wish they could be doing and they can't whether it's where they're living whether it's money whether it's opportunity and they get depressed about it and really subconsciously they don't even realize it and but they're they're kind of looking at them in a idealistic way Mm -hmm. and not getting results in their own life so they continue to live through the eyes of the 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 characters rather than in their own eyes and just in this being satisfied and content with what they do have kind of living vicariously exactly. through other characters through game player you know exactly. game characters that yeah. sort of thing right Right. I, I think, you know, this is this issue. Anything can be a tool and technology certainly is a tool for us. Obviously, we can reach instead of reaching tens of people, we can reach thousands or more f- with the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, rather than carrying, you know, a paper printed Bible around with you uh, and having to have it, you know, a small one tucked in your back pocket. If you've got a smartphone, you have your Bible no matter where you go. You can actually take notes. You can highlight things. You can have it ready to to share Christ with somebody. Unless you're in China. Unless you're in China. Unless you're in China, yes. And using that particular app. But, you know, yeah, technology is wonderful, but it, with, it's kind of like, reminds me of that Spider-Man thing, you know, with much to, what is it? What was this thing? With, with much, much power. Or, or, uh, now with, we're struggling. With great power comes great responsibility. There you go. Yes. And this, you know, technology is a great power and, and it is cool and it can be powerful. And even, you know, the movies, you know, even movies, you know, they, there's, there's great movies that can not only entertain, but change your life. You know, passion of the Christ changed a lot of lives. Yeah. Um, but with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, not only as parents, but with ourself. Um, I was I was listening to a message this week by uh, Francis Chan, actually yesterday, and uh, he was talking about his kids. And he said, I, I really want to make sure my kids make it. I want to make sure they, they genuinely have a relationship with God. And that means they've got to learn to pray. They've got to learn to connect. And and he's, he's like talking about, he said, my kids, they don't know how to talk to anybody. You know, they're awkward around people. They only know how to text, you know, and, and it's way different when you, when you're plugging into a relationship with God. And he said, they're awkward around people. You know, I want them to be able to go boldly to the throne of God, but they're going to have to learn to be patient. They're going to have to learn to sit in his presence. They're going to have to, you know, learn to worship him without all this stuff going on. And so he said he took him to uh, Alaska. I don't know if it was just on a vacation or if they, it was for ministry. I, I don't know. He, he, I don't remember that part. But he said he took them there and he said, when we go there, 
No phones, no iPads, no screens, no TVs, nothing. We're going to do that. We're going to just connect. We're going to, you know, talk to each other and do things together and look at wildlife and walruses or aardvarks or whatever. He, he mentioned some weird animals. He said, or whatever they got in Alaska. But that's what we're going to do. And he said he was so committed to this that he actually left his son there with a guy apparently that they just met and he said will you take my son out and fishing and you know teach him how to work you know don't pay him i'll pay him if i have to you know but just just take him out and he said i don't want you to have you know a phone, a phone at all and then he's like well being out in the you know ocean with the guy we don't really know okay take your phone you can only text with it and that's it you can't do anything else and uh, and he said that learning that kind of discipline is so important. And then he mentioned another guy. He said it was uh, I don't know if it's a friend of his. I, I don't remember, but he said that was a guy's fairly well off. He said he was so stinking rich he could do this. But he literally offered his kids. He I think he said he had three kids. He offered them all the car of their choice when they're sixteen, and, and they were getting like Maserati brochures. So he he meant any car they want if they would if they would uh, agree to get rid of their smartphone and go to a flip phone. But he said if once they if they go back to a smartphone, he pulls the keys, they don't they're on their own again. And he said, "Why did you do that?" He goes, "Because these you know, because these kids need to learn self-control. They're constantly it's ruining their life." Yeah. And uh and I I think to some degree that's true, but it's all about it's all about discipline and and using using things responsibly, but learning to keep, you know, your wits about you and do those things that are really important. I mean, it's okay, you know, to watch a movie every week if you're, you know, you're out doing ministry, you know, six days a week, you know, okay, relax, but we don't want to do that. We want to, we have it all the time. So we want to be playing games. We want to have the TV on as soon as we get home. We want to have the radio on in the car. We want to be playing games when we're, you know, in doing business in the bathroom, you know, I mean, there's no place where we don't have technology with us. And I think that's where the problem lies. Yeah. And no one can get enough entertainment it's like people right. are getting entertained while they're getting entertained mm-hmm. you know you can be at a show watching a movie or in a concert and you're doing this at the same time it's like pick one i went to a concert and uh, just this past week and 21 pilots and while i was there the first act really didn't all that impress me. I was just simply sitting there just enjoying myself. But when the main act came on, I kind of put my phone away and just started looking around. And there's so many people that are on their phones. Some of them were trying to do video. Some of them were trying to uh, take pictures. And some of them were trying to record what they were seeing. And you just kind of lose the ability to be in the moment sometimes yeah. with these things. Yeah, my son and I love music and we've gone to a lot of concerts and he finally got to the point where he does not take videos or pictures anymore. He's like, I missed, I've missed so much of these con- you know, concerts, I'm not in the moment. Right. And I think he's finally getting that, getting it that sometimes, now, of course, I say that about my son. Now, he's also the kid that this Sunday we're playing literally a game together as a family. We're playing life and we're playing it on the TV. He's got this thing where he hooked up his computer and so we're playing the game of life on the tv and in between turns he's playing a game on his phone 
I'm exactly. like, this is a game within the game here. What in the world is going on? But at the same time, he does notice, you know, that, hey, there are some times I got to learn to put that away. Right. And just focus it, on who you're with and, and what you're doing together. Right. Others. I'll pick on hand a little bit, too. She's she, during this same game. We're playing a family game of life. Right. We're supposed to. And she was on every time her phone would go off. She would like have to respond. And, and I said, why do you feel like you have to respond? Well, it's rude if you don't. You know, it's rude if you're in the conversation with somebody and you stop to go text somebody else. I said, you got to learn to put your phone away sometimes just and, and you just don't have it around you you turn the vo- you know volume off and so i've learned to do that like in church like if i'm in church my phone is literally on what is it airplane mode so it can't accept incoming texts or calls and i do that simply because otherwise you know i'd be tempted to respond yeah you know what i it's i want to be in the moment so you know we'll get to we we'll get to it i remember back uh oh 15 years back maybe more i went to a pastor's conference and they said you've got to learn to be in the moment moment. So they said, make sure that you don't feel the need to answer the phone all the time. And we, they were talking about the phones that hung on our walls and sat on our desks, right? This was a long time ago, right? And I'm thinking of how how much worse it's got. They said, you know, as a pastor, as a minister, you can be on call like 24-7 and you, you can never, you can get burned out pretty fast. Well, now think about it. You can be text. I mean, if you feel like the need to text somebody back right away, you could be burned out in a couple of days if you had a big church. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we just have to learn to say no and 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 make sure that we're in the moment and what that's really important when it comes to our time with God, our time in the word, you know, our time with our families. Those are all very, very important things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll watch a movie with my wife sometimes and she'll be on her phone while we're watching the movie. It's like, can't we just watch the movie <laughs> with no, nothing else? Just me and you in the movie. It'd be amazing. I, I don't understand. Just turn it off. It's hard. It, it It's hard because these things... You have to understand that games makers and the app makers hire people with the intent to make you more dependent on the device because the more of your attention that they can absorb, the more they can charge for revenue for their ads. Mm -hmm. And because of the way that they've made all these things, like for instance, during this conversation, I'm looking through for articles for like the next session, like for news with Nate anything else I want to cover but it's it's done on purpose and it that's the insidious nature of it is that it's so it's so addictive and designed to be addictive but it's all behind the scenes I remember uh, I used to play uh, a World of Warcraft video game back in early 2000 or uh, like 2000 2010 somewhere around that period of time and I remember reading an article that the video game makers for this massive multiplayer online game hired people from Vegas whose job was to make make sure that people stay in the gambling area so they they were in and and they were basically using the psychology behind all this to try to get you to give more time more time more time more time and it works now interesting interestingly enough i actually did uh counseling for a couple who was struggling to stay together because one party was addicted to worlds with warcraft or whatever Mm -hmm. the name of it is is that right yeah world of warcraft world of warcraft okay it's still around but yeah, yeah it's pretty huge i never played it myself but I, i'm very aware yeah. and uh yeah yeah i think you know i think the the real the real encouragement here is doesn't matter whether you're christ follower or not you're you're still wasting your life 
So, uh, you know, the fact is, is it doesn't matter if you're a Christ follower or not. I I don't know, even if you're not a Christ follower and you're just, you know, living your life, if you're spending all of your time living virtually, you're missing reality. You're spending time in a virtual reality that's not real and you're missing relationships with people. You're missing experiencing life, which is far more interesting than than most of what we get in virtual reality. That's the argument. Is it really that much more interesting? Well, right. I guess it depends. Depends on the people. It depends on the people. But if you have crappy friends, I'm going to play a video game. (laughs) The thing is, if you were a Christ follower, then it becomes a whole different issue. Right. It becomes, are you spending time with Christ and God? Yeah, because because you've got you've got a time that you've got to you know you've got to spend in just being with the Lord, being in prayer, being uh, in the Word, being with Him in worship, because that's how you grow. Uh, but then you know, if you are a Christ follower, you've been given a mission, and that mission is to go out and spread the good news. You are to build the kingdom in strength and in numbers. Um, strength by using your ministry gifts, and numbers by sharing Christ. Well, you can't do that. If if all of your time is spent in virtual life. Right. And, and in fact, I, I get a lot of people who say, well, I can't, I just don't get out enough. I don't get around people enough. But those same people are sitting behind the television for hours and hours. Well, if you were doing things kind of the old way, when you wanted to do and have fun, you go invite the neighbors over to play a board game or something and you get to know the neighbors. Now you can share Christ with them. Now we don't go to the neighbors anymore. We just sit behind our television set or behind our gaming unit or whatever. Yeah. Now and with our phone. In fact, now we invite our neighbors over and the neighbors and us are sitting there staring at our phones. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. While we're watching a movie together, right. which is so not me, built a relationship. Let me throw you a, a curveball here. Ever since the invention of writing, there were people who thought you're spending too much time reading books. Oh, yeah. And it's only this, getting worse. It, it, and now you've got so many TV and the telephones and the video games. It's it just there's more and more and more options to absorb more and more people. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes back to the idea like, are guns bad? Well, no, they're a tool. How you use them or whoever's using it is determines right. whether it's good or bad, right? Same thing with these things. Books can be good. Books could be bad, right? Right. Same thing with video games. They can be good. They could be bad. Same thing with TV or movies or anything. It's really a problem that we have that's part of the human condition. And we need to recognize that what that human condition is so that we can move forward and build the life we want instead of running from the one that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I read a statistic the other day that said one third of all divorces is because of Facebook. That's an interesting statistic. Yeah. Right. And which makes sense to me. Um, there's a lot of temptation. There's a lot of c- contacts connections you can make on an an app like that. Um, Which brings me to, speaking of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg's new project, uh, Meta, I think he's calling it, Metaverse. Um, Basically, he's he's developed these augmented reality, like virtual reality type glasses that you can, it kind of combines virtual reality and social media together where you can meet with people in these augmented reality worlds and meet up, play games, have coffee, whatever. I mean, in some ways it's, it could be used as a very good tool, but in other ways it can be extremely bad, especially with relationships with people you're not supposed to be having relationships with. And you know, everybody gets their own avatar and you can meet and wherever you want and do whatever you want. It can get pretty dicey. And I imagine the divorce rate 
ratio yeah. on Facebook, then it will go up. <laughs> yeah, I never even thought about it from that perspective. But yeah, yeah, it reminds me of uh, well, you guys were bringing it up earlier when we were talking about this. Uh, the book Ready Player One. If you've ever, you know, it's not it's it's a really great book. I hate to recommend it because there are definitely some negatives downsides to them to the book. But uh, well, I, just to share, it is not. It's written by an author who took a decidedly anti-religion stance at several mm-hmm. points in the book. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is an ode to nerd culture. <laughs> that is... It's definitely uh, definitely interesting, uh, interesting read. But in the book, basically, they've got this, this um, platform called the Oasis. And you do everything in the Oasis virtually. So you can go to school. You just, you log in and you put your virtual reality headset on and your gloves, haptic gloves, whatever and you log in and then you go to a virtual school you only connect with other people's avatars you don't know who they really are and what's funny is they develop these relationships but they're not real and, and you know there's there's no real accountability you just kind of go in you connect with them you do whatever and then you pop out and that's not life right and so um, it, what's interesting in the book and I'm not going to blow it for everybody if you want to read it but um, basically this this kid who's the main character in the book he finds out that his best friend well let's just say is not who he thinks <laughs> that he is <laughs> and he had no idea it's just it, because well you can hide behind an avatar and you know there's there's you might say well that's good well what's better to if you're if you're not sure that you're good looking enough or beautiful enough to date, for example, what's better? You being comfortable, learning to become comfortable with who you are, which takes time, or going virtually pretending you're somebody you're not. Right. The growth is in being who you are. Right. And so I think yet it's going to be, you know, everything's slowing growth down you know, that's why we're, we're kind of a relationally messed up society right now, because we relate now through Facebook, we relate through social media, which is easy. It's easy to spout off on somebody, you know, but when you have to face them face to face, you typically say things a little different. And that's just one of the many problems. I mean, there's, we could go on and on, but the more we get into these virtual type things and the more we get, you know, addicted to them, which in the book, uh, in the book, um, ready player one, they were highly, addicted to the point Highly. where nobody even got out. I mean, they just, it was just, they got lost. In That's it. exactly what's going to happen if this goes through and if he pulls it off. Well, look at how many people today want to rewrite reality. Like they want to pretend that they're a gender that they're not. And right. technology gives you the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. You can, right. you can say, cause you, any world you go into is a new creation, right? Cause the, like in the book, you could go into the, the world for Star Trek and interact with Star Trek characters and mm-hmm. pretend like that was the world that you were in. Right. And it's just one of these conditions of humanity where we want what we want and truth and reality be damned. Right. And this feeds that. It's dangerous. Well, now, when I was a kid, I pretended that I was an army man, yes. you know, a GI Joe, you know, was the man and I, I played army, but you know what? If I only, if I did that all the time, I wouldn't have grown up. You know, at some point I got to realize I'm not G.I. Joe, right. I'm Rick and I got to learn how to be Rick and I've got to learn how to f- relate to people as Rick. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it, it, when you start playing virtually, you know, too much, that's, then it becomes clinical. Yeah. And I think we're all, we're all moving in that direction. Right. And have you, either of you ever played a virtual reality game? Yes. Such it's as? Any. Have you ever put virtual reality glasses on and played? No. Okay. I have. And you have? It's absolutely 
mind blowing how it's, real it is. It's like you're not even where you are anymore. It's not you're not even in your living room. You're there in yeah. this environment. And it's so everywhere you look, you the can best turn around and is absorbing. Yeah. Like you are you are completely absorbed. <laughs> Three hundred and sixty degrees. You can turn around and your the world is there. Look down, look up. Everywhere you look is the world you're in. And things are happening and it it, it can be terrifying if you're playing the right game. <laughs> I played a horror game and it, I, I got see. so scared that I ripped my glasses off. <laughs> I was like, nah! <laughs> I ripped through them on the ground. I was like, I got to get away from this thing. And uh, it was, it was, it was so real. It was the most real. It was almost more real than real life because it was just so intense, really. Um, but that scares the crap out of me because all these people around the world are going to be plugged into this thing. And they're going to have a hard time unplugging. Right. And you're going to find even more laziness and more uh, things aren't going to get done. And and the world is going to fall apart. Uh, not as a, Actually, it's already falling apart, but right. even more so in a lot of different areas. You know what also scares me is, and it's already happened, we've seen so many cool things in our lifetime recently. Like, for example, back in, I think when it, maybe the 80s or 90s, it started the... Um, Oh, goodness sakes. The name's eluding me here. Um, Jurassic Park. Yeah. When that movie came out, we all saw dinosaurs. Right. And they looked real. And we went to the big screen and you got absorbed into it. Right. And we've seen we've seen uh, Transformers become a movie, right? And th- that was a mate, and it looks so real, right? We, uh, and I, these are just silly examples, but I guess what I'm saying is that it used to be that we were awed by God. You know, we were awed by God's creation, and now some of the stuff that should awe us, we're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I and I think it's just we're losing that respect for God's creation. We're losing losing respect for him because you know what he's got isn't cool enough right you know and i i sincerely feel like like i'm hoping god doesn't wait too much longer to come because i don't know how many generations if it just keeps degrading like this how many more generations can even follow god i i appreciate your use of the term degrading there because if you look at humanity and its projection and growth over time As technology has increased, and it's increased by orders of magnitude, humanity seems to be decreasing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's like we cannot keep pace as a species with who we're supposed to be in light of all these amazing, modern, wonderful technological marvels. Mm -hmm. And it's... I don't want to be a Luddite, but at the same time, at some point we have to recognize, all right, technology's hurting us. Tremendously, yeah. And that's, if you're a Christian, you walk, you know, self-control is a major part of this. You need to follow the spirit, allow yourself only certain amounts, be very controlled, be very methodical, right? That's, that's a biblical teaching. We're supposed to, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to show uh, a little bit of observance of that. But for those on the outside of the faith, it's gimme, 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 consume, consume, consume. And there seems to be no limit to the consumption. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell that there's this appetite on the other side that's creating this and feeding it. And it's like, oh, I'll give you all you want. Mm-hmm. And when you see that appetite and you recognize it for the evil that it is, because a lot of these things are really meant to pull us away from God, just be aware that the devil doesn't show up in your life wearing a red suit with horns and a pitchfork. Right. 
He shows up in your life as that pretty girl who's showing you attention when you're married. Mm -hmm. He shows up as this item that's really attractive that that you really enjoy, but is taking you away from God. For me, video games has been that issue in the past. Like I mentioned with Warcraft, I wound up walking away because it was just way too much time put into it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was something that was pulling me away because all of that time that I spent playing those games, I could have been doing something for God. And even today, it's something I can wrestle with. I would imagine the same is for the same is true for every listener. There's something in your life that you really love doing. And when you're doing it, you get completely lost in it and just time just drains away. But we forget God. Mm-hmm. And that's the part where we have to stop and we have to listen and say, what do you want for us? And not enough people are doing that. Right. Yeah. The Bible says that uh, when the Holy Spirit controls our life, he produces fruit in us. And one of those, one of those fruits or one of the aspects of the fruit is, is self-control. And so, you know, for our listeners out there, if you are a Christ follower, you know, I just really recommend number one, follow the Holy Spirit's lead. You know, God, is this really what you want me to do with my time right now? And if you have a difficult time with that, and if you're, you know, until you're more disciplined, maybe just set down some guidelines. You know, if you're going to play video games, okay, set it at a couple hours a week, not a couple hours a day or whatever, but you know, you're going to have to, it's going to be tough, but you know, set up some guidelines for yourself. And, um, you know, what I, what I teach my kids is reward yourself, you know, uh, set yourself up with a schedule, um, discipline yourself to, to spend time in the word, to spend time with God, to, to get involved with your church, to get involved with your Bible studies, to do ministry. And once you've done a week of ministry, then and, you know, reward yourself with a little, uh, a little uh, off time, you know, with your favorite video games or movies or whatever. And, uh, you know, and as you do that and learn that self-control, then, you know, obviously as you're doing that, just, you know, press into the Holy Spirit. And I just think that uh, the Holy Spirit's going to use some of these things to, you know, that what the, what the enemy intends for evil, as he said to Joseph, or as Joseph said, rather, what the enemy dis, uh, wanted to use for evil, God used for good, mm-hmm. you know, and so the enemy might want to distract us, but if with the amount of self-control that we need, we can actually benefit from some of this technology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to uh, end this segment. Um, Well, I will say before we go into the next part, wouldn't it be cool to throw on those glasses and have a Bible study on the Temple Mount (laughs) or on top of Mount Zion? So many cool applications of things like that. Yeah. Like imagine going like uh, for one of the, one of the guys I study, study under his name is Dr. Baruch Corman. Okay. He teaches at a a Hebrew college. I would love to go to one of his lectures and like sit in the room virtually and listen to him teach and watch him live. Like that would be really cool. It would be cool. But that's the kind of stuff that's coming with this new technology. And the, that's the positive application. That's the positive, right. But there's going to be a lot of negatives to go with it. That's the, that's the downfall. Okay, so you know what that means, fellas? Um, it's time. I'm guessing it's time for some songs. It's time for some songs. I knew it. How <laughs> <laughs> did I guess? I don't know. Jason, I don't think you and I have ever made it through that without tapping her foot and dancing. I, now, impossible. I noticed Nate doesn't do it, but you and I... Oh, I got a little bit of groove on over here. I just, I'm a little more subtle about it. Don't mind me. I guess we're just more uh, boisterous with our <laughs> dance. Is that the right word? I don't Could know. be. Anyway, what okay. y'all got? Well, I don't know. Nathan, do you have a... 
I do, actually. I was listening to the radio this week, and I came across a song called Weary Traveler. And, you know, as, as a Christian, you see the world around you, and sometimes it can be a bit much. Just a bit much. <laughs> You're not boring me, honestly. So, uh, it, I'm not even sure how to pronounce the guy's name. It's, uh, let me see if I can find it here real quick. Jordan St. Let me find out. What station are you listening to? (laughs) You said it was radio, right? Yeah, I was on 104.9 The River. Oh, okay. And uh, let's see if I can find it here on their list, because I don't know if the one I looked up on on the internet was the right singer. Ah. Oh, that reminds me why he's looking. Uh, You know Radio U, right? Yeah. Okay, so there's a guy, he used to be a DJ or some sort of person on the radio station. Right. And he also did the TV show, the U something, I, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Anyway, he then moved to California to um, be an actor, and he was in a couple little things and whatnot, and he's a Christian. Um, But then he started a YouTube channel because the acting thing really wasn't working out. Okay. No surprise. Um, and it's uh, what he does is he re- reviews movies and then puts Christian theology spin on it. Right. So the show, The Chosen, yeah, discovered his YouTube channel and was watching it and whatever. Okay. And they asked him to be a part of their show. So now he works for The Chosen, gets paid by The Chosen. Do you know who this was? Yeah. Durbin's Chris Durbin, I think. Okay. And and um so now he works for them as a promo guy and he does reviews and, and interviews and stuff okay. with the cast members, right? He happens to be very, very, very good friends with a good friend of mine, which I did a, I was on his podcast last night, Stevie Cade. Okay. And Stevie Cade sent him our podcast and he last night he checked it out and he is going to be on our show, perhaps. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. Well, should be, was, I think that should be a lot of fun if he cool. decides if he decides that he wants to go ahead and, and come on board right. to be a guest, um, which I have a pretty good feeling he will, and which could lead to other things. So who knows? Very anyway, nice. go ahead, Nathan. So uh, the only name I found was a Jordan St. Crier or something like that. Anyway, I will, we'll put the link in the in the comments, yeah. but it's a really good song. It's just it's meant to be uplifting, but recognizing that sometimes the walk is tough, mm. you know, but but keep walking. Right. Jesus never promised. Uh, I wanted to say a rose garden there, but that's ages me like horribly. <laughs> that was like a song from the 70s or something. I'll just shut up now. So I uh, your pardon. I'll get- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now. Well, you've aged yourself now. So uh, I'll just give you mine. Mine uh, this week is uh, by Plum. And the song is actually a few years old. It was, I think uh, she released it in 19, uh, 2017. And it's a song called God Help Me. And it uh, it kind of struck me at the time. And I've kind of forgot about it. And I kind of ran across it again this week. And she's really just crying out to God. It's a, it's a real introspective, very honest song. And she says this, she says, there's a wrestling in my heart, in my mind, a disturbance and a tension I cannot seem to drive. And if I'm honest, there's quite a bit of fear to sit here in the silence and really hear you. She's speaking to God. What will you ask of me? Will you listen? Will I listen to your voice when you speak? Help me move. Help me to see. Help me to do whatever you ask of me. Help me to go. Or God, help me to stay. I'm feeling so alone here. I know that you're be- you're faithful, but I can barely breathe. God, help me. And she's just reaching out and crying out to God. And it's kind of, uh, when, I, when I hear that song, it just makes me think of a lot of times we're at that place where, you know, 
I want to hear God's voice, but do I really want to hear him? Because what if he asked me to do something that I don't want to do? Am I really ready to be obedient? It's a real, it's a song for, of obedience. And she's saying, ultimately, God help me. So right. kind of uplifting if you ever go through that struggle sometime with wanting to be obedient. So check it out. Plum, God help me. Right on. Okay. So my song is by David Crowder. It is called All My Hope. It's one of my very favorite songs. Um, it's uh, very soulful and bluesy, and it's fantastic. And the lyrics are, uh, I've been held by the Savior. I felt fire from above. I've been down to the river, and I ain't the same. A prodigal returned. Prodigal. Yeah. Sorry. Prodigal. Thank you. I knew that when I said it, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God that yesterday is gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. I'm no stranger to the prison. I've worn shackles and chains, but I've been freed and forgiven. I'm not going back. I'll never be the same. That's why I sing. All my hope is in Jesus. <laughs> Very interesting. Love that song. Actually, my back, I, I actually was debating on, it was a David Crowder song or this Plum song. So I'm glad I went with Plum just so that we weren't like beating up on each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do Crowder next week. Maybe, maybe next week. <laughs> Good job, David. I'm going to kind of piggyback off that for the next one. My, my next one's going to be a Plum song. There you oh, go. Oh, well, there you go. Plum. Okay. Final thoughts, sir. Yeah. I think this one here is pretty, um, pretty, uh, it ties in well with the, the discussion for tonight. It comes out of Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 19. And it simply says this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And it goes on to say, don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. I think uh, the the key takeaway from this is, you know, we, we spend a lot of our time just wasting opportunities to do awesome things. And I believe God wants to do tremendous things through every one of our lives if we are Christ followers. But we're only going to do that if we, if we stop living like fools, wasting our time, and actually stop and think, what does God really want to do through me right now? What, what would he have me do at this very moment? How can I use this opportunity? And, you know, when we're not sure, just be filled with the Spirit and make music in our, in our hearts, and we're going to be ready and excited when we finally do have an opportunity. I kind of want to piggyback on that a little bit. And there's just an old children's hymn, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a Father up above who is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. And it continues on. But that message is very apropos for what we discussed today. Yeah. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what you do. Yeah. And careful how much you consume. That's right. So, well, thanks, guys. That was a, a good discussion. Um, I think it's a discussion that a lot of people needed to hear and a lot of people didn't want to hear. But I think, uh, yeah, I think I can summarize it with one little, uh, one little phrase. A little dabble, do you? Yeah. <laughs> a little dabble, do you? You don't dabble, do you? <laughs> So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, yeah, I mean, take it to heart. There's a lot of distractions out there in the world, and just, just be careful how much you consume of it. Pace yourself. We don't have to drink ourselves drunk. 
with entertainment and 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 everything else that's out there to grab. Focus more on the Lord and less on what the devil wants you to focus on. And uh, spend time with your family that people would love you instead of your phone. I think it's important to get into the real reality of life and lessen the virtual reality. And with that, say goodnight, Rick. Good night, Rick. Good night, Nate. Good night, Nate. Good night, everybody. Thank you.